Hey guys, welcome to Spirit Pig. This is the show that explores how to live a fulfilled life. I'm Duncan CJ and today I'm talking with Dr. Ivan Joseph. Dr. Ivan is an award-winning performance coach, leadership and transformation expert and his TEDx talk entitled The Skill of Self-Confidence is one of the most watched of all time. While serving as a professor and soccer coach at Graceland University, Dr. Joseph developed the school's soccer programme from the ground up, leading both the men's and the women's teams to a number one national ranking and the men's teams to a national championship in just five years. And he's been presented with the National Coach of the Year Award, as well as many, many other accolades. Uh, He's currently Director of Athletics at Ryerson University in Toronto, where he is guiding transformation, raising the academic average of the athletes and increasing team performance. Performance. And he's also recently completed a $100 million renovation of the historic Maple Leaf Gardens, a project so big and inspiring that the Prime Minister showed up to turn on the lights. Ivan, thank you so much for talking to me with me today. My pleasure. Thank you for the lovely introduction. There's a rule <laughs> that the longer your introduction is, the less important you are. So the <laughs> goal is to try and make that one sentence someday. <laughs> Dr. Ivan Joseph, yes. <laughs> um, you describe self-confidence as a skill, don't you? Why is that? Well, because I want people to understand it's not, um, it's not something that you're born with. It's not a personality trait that's stable and enduring. Um, it's something that you can teach yourself um, to have, to demonstrate, to lead with. I think there's a lot of people that think, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm not self-confident, so I'll never be. And I just don't believe in that. Yeah, one thing you were like, repetition, repetition, repetition. You know, it's, I love the story of the uh, the goalkeeper who can catch. What was that about? Oh, my, that, that's a honest, you know, people ask me, are those stories true? I kid you not. Um, you know, that goalie, he could, he, I felt like he was Flipper from a, a Dolphin movie. There was just balls that would just bounce off his hands all the time, all the time. He closed them. And really, it wasn't, it wasn't like I hired a big, expensive goalkeeper coach. Uh, we had no money. We had no resources. And so his job was to go against a wall uh, and kick balls and catch. Um, it, it was really successful. I mean, literally, his hands were calloused. And the, the, uh, the sweat that comes off, the natural moisture on your hands, he had worn away from doing it so much because he wanted to play. He was motivated, and he did it. So it's literally just like, here's a wall, kick the ball against it. 350 yeah. times a day for eight months. It's just yeah. that sort of just boom, boom, boom. And then, you know, after eight months, you're now this, this top goalkeeper. It's as simple as that. Yeah, and he went, he's playing professionally right now in Japan. Right, it's crazy. And now there's, there's so many people who tell us in life that, you know, we can't do something, that, you know, we're not good enough. Why do we want to tell ourselves that? Because we know that basically that is a fact that our thoughts influence our actions. What, what's sort of the power of positive self-affirmations. Can you give us some examples? Oh, my goodness. You know, there's a study, and it's a Harvard study, and I think the name is Lubomowski in 2006. And they did this study that showed the power of three affirmations a day, just three simple affirmations a day. If you were in the business field, sales productivity went up 37%. You were 37% more likely to close the deal. If you're in the medical field, uh, you would be more efficient in your diagnostics and more, more accurate, increase 16%. And you're, if you're in the creativity field, marketing, graphic design, 19% more productivity in your workforce, right? That, that's the power of affirmation if you want to think about it from the business or work-life application. But the real truth of it is, is that there's new studies that are showing how the power of affirmations, positive self-taught, 
rewire the brain, rewire your body chemistry, lead to increased health and wellness diagnostics. Because then, because yeah, because what's um, isn't because often we've thought traditionally through history that you know our brain is it's set in its ways, but more science is showing about brain plasticity like we can actually change we can it can it, 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 it actually evolves can't it depending on i mean I, my, you can tell you can tell from my description i'm not a neuroscientist that was the worst that was the worst <laughs> description ever i just know that like the word brain plasticity that that makes me feel clever just saying that <laughs> you know sometimes i throw axons and dendrites in there and synapses and i feel the same way but i definitely believe that the, that thoughts influence your beliefs which influence your actions mm. And what, what's your, what's your self-confidence letter? Mine, oh my goodness, mine was, uh, you know, a letter that about to myself when I had a tough time. I had a really tough time when I took this job. I went from being a soccer coach at a school of a thousand people, right, living in a town of 1,200 people. And usually there might be head coach at a major university, maybe then manager of athletics, maybe then assistant athletic director, associate athletic director, then finally director of athletics. Well, I don't know how I fooled a bunch of people, but I missed about six steps in between. And so imagine when you went there and all of a sudden, you know, it's bad enough that you don't know how to use a secretary. Imagine trying to navigate, oh, well, how does voicemail work? This dang phone. And you don't want to ask anybody because you're supposed to be the boss. You don't want to look stupid. You start to wonder, why did I, can I do this job? Can I believe it? And I just took a letter that I wrote to myself about my great accomplishments way back in the time, you know, about getting my PhD before 40 about marrying the right woman, about raising three good kids, about being able to learn anything, about really going for this job and securing it. I just reminded myself about my past accomplishments. And part of it was um, my self-confidence letter was written partly by some of the cards and notes and letters other people had sent to me. I just put them together and made a letter out of it, right? Because it's hard to write your own self-confidence letter. Right. But pulling out the nice things other people had sent to me over the years made it easy and it made me feel good. And it's this it's this idea of personal responsibility, isn't it? You, you're a big believer that I think your, the expression was, uh, you know, you are the captain of your own ship and that you're the master of your fate. And basically, if you don't affirm to yourself that, you know, that you can do this and no one else is going to do this for you, you've got to you've got to take personal responsibility, don't you? Oh, 100 percent. You know, you can't look for others to, to increase your self-confidence. If you look for others, extrinsic rewards, extrins, ex- external people, you'll always be looking at other people and they'll have the ability to tear you down as well, build you up, right? And you don't want people building you up and you don't want to listen to people tearing you down as, as well. One, one, one of the things which, when, um, when hearing it, it's just, it's, it kind of seems so, so simple and it's, it's so obvious, but we, we don't do it. I mean... It's the difference between fixing mistakes versus catching people when they're good. What, what, what's, what's that about? Well, that was way back in the day of just um, listening to a study that was done in, in, in Kansas when they started watching the videos. And of course, you know, I'm a coach. I don't believe it. But then you start reading about this guy named Bandura and social learning theory, right? And you recognize that people learn a lot of things. That's how all, everybody watches video and they're going, I'm going to try this new skateboard trick. People watch through observation, right? Mm-hmm. That's... And when you can find a way to not tear people down, when you can find a way not to, sh- to, to highlight their errors, it's the same coaching points. There's no difference between, thanks, Claire, for putting, putting that glass in the sink versus, Claire, put your glass in the sink. We're still reinforcing the behaviors we want, right? Instead of punishing the behaviors we don't want, we can still elicit a change in behavior. Mm. And then this, this isn't just 
sort of you, one of the examples you used was um right there obviously that that the um the example of the Kansas State team but say for example yeah like somebody takes a shot on goal you know he tries to kick the ball and it goes it skies over rather than you know trying to because we often it, it comes from often a place of you know caring and love you know we're like okay you know put your head over the ball follow through do this and so yeah. it seems like that's a helpful thing but you're actually just drawing attention to the fact that he's just missed the ball yeah as opposed that's... to five minutes later he does a great pass and you're just like that was a wonderful pass and you highlight that so you, you, yeah. you bring them up rather than tear them down i find this especially true like i switched to coaching women this year especially true in young females and young women right they do not want to be isolated they don't want to be poked at what they're doing wrong they just want to they just hide and if i fix the mistakes what happens is i create this spiral of of negative reinforcement and behavior and they can't they can't pull themselves out of it mm. and obviously you're from sort of a sporting background so you, a lot of the analogies are like sporting you know related but that example is applies just as much to parenting. Oh my goodness! Business, I mean, social relationships. Here's an, here's an example my wife did with me the other day. She's like, "Oh my god! Oh my god! Ivan, come quickly! Up, come quickly!" I run downstairs. I think something's happened. She goes, "The dishwasher emptied itself." I'm like, "Oh, come on, guys! A good one, good one, right?" It's not so clinical. It's like, "Thank you for pulling out way the dishes," but it was the dishwasher emptied itself, and it was perfect, right? One, um, yeah, one, one of my favorites uh, was uh, that sort of self-confident people interpret the feedback in the way that they choose to. <laughs> I know, I know that this kind of applied to your your courting of your wife, and then also, uh, <laughs> what was that about? Oh man, you know that that was a story, right? I'll give you a different story, right? Okay. But the courting of my wife is a good one. But I'm going to give you a different story that shows it in the real world context of the sport. I cut this one guy three different times on my soccer team. His name is Kyle, right? There's a video if you ever want to watch it. Uh, it's called Kyle Stewart Chances. They've just put it on video on YouTube. <laughs> and I cut this guy three different times. I called the number to pick his friend and I called him. He shows up and he's like, what, what, you know, and he still doesn't make the team. He's like, what do I got to do to make the team? I said, Kyle, there's three guys ahead of you. One's an All-American One's a freshman All-American and one's going to be an All-American. They're excellent players. It's not going to happen for you, right? Something crazy is going to – like all those guys are going to have to drop down dead in order for, for it to happen. It's just not likely in the cards. But he's like, but you're saying there's a chance. It's not impossible, <laughs> right? Like, I kid you not, this kid ended up being the starter and OUA all-star of my undefeated team that was ranked number two in the country. Right. If I if he had listened to me, imagine like he shouldn't be there. There's no he has no business yet. He's the starter and the captain. Right. You got to always choose to interpret feedback the way you want to. I think that's uh, one of the most important pieces. So you've just got, you've got like the, the reality that everyone else sees, they interpret their perception of it. You've just got to you've just got to just take the bits which work for you and then discard the bits that don't. And you got to watch. Yeah. Apps. And some people are like, well, that's delusional. You know, I know there's a lot of people. I'm not like, you know, I'm not saying like, you know, Celine Dion is is gone down sick and you want to you want to sing the song because you you watch Titanic 150. <laughs> I'm not saying that. But there is an element that other people are going to think you're crazy for pursuing your dream. Right. Like what, what's what's one man's delusion is another man's dream. Right. So I would rather be delusional pursuing something. Than, than be turned away at the first, second, or third rejection. 
I love it. What is um, what's that visualization about? Because um, yeah, I was, I was reading and I was actually I actually I actually did it um at home. I was I was actually in a cafe. It was quite a busy cafe, and there's people all around. And then I was there, like I'm like listening through to like the guided meditation, the guided visualization that you did. What 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 was that exercise that you often do with people with the circle flashing and the loud noise? So that's the thing called the J- Jacobson progressive relaxation technique, right? And it helps you just quiet your thoughts, quiet your brains. I like to do that because I like to do that exercise just to, to bring people down. And the, the, the exercise, the, the white lights and the flashing and all of that is to help warm up their memory and help warm up their imagination. But the exercise really is to quiet yourself, to quiet your brain, to get inside and to, and to get your people to perform an exercise that has a, um, an outcome where there's a performance-based score where they can execute it in any level from poor to outstanding. And to see really how 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 noticeable that very few people see themselves, imagine themselves as outstanding. You know, many people will see themselves as good or average, but not outstanding or excellent. And as many people as see themselves as good or average, equally the same amount see themselves as poor or unable to imagine the task. And I'm like, we're visualizing ourselves at our best. Why do we not want to see ourselves as the best possible person we can be here? So is that just, is that sort of um, through visualization, through things like like those kind of exercises, vision boards, imagining like the future? Is this all about, you know, if, if, we, if we can't see it in our mind, then it's never going to, uh, it's never going to become something in the real world unless we can first see it, like touch it, feel it, breathe it, like in loads of different senses in, in our mind first. You, you can train your body, you can train your muscles, you can train your brain all the way by just by seeing things. Way back in the early days in Austria, they used to have skiers, right? They'd hook up skiers to a machine and they'd go down the hill, right? And, and you would see that their muscles, the, the right thigh would fire at this point, the left thigh would fire, the calf would fire, and they could see it. And they would train and measure the amplitude. And the amplitude would be like, let's say it'd be this big. Then they said, you know what? I want you just to watch yourself now going down. We're going to still hook you up to the machine, but just watch yourself on television. And guess what? The muscles will still fire in the same pattern. Not the same level of amplitude, but maybe about this much. And the muscles were still working just by seeing themselves. They said, okay, now we want you to close your eyes and just imagine yourself going down the course. Imagine. And guess what? When they imagined themselves, they closed their eyes and visualized, the muscles were firing. Not the same level but still in the same pattern, in the same amplitude. Visualization trains your body to perform the tasks you want it to do. That's incredible. And I guess if you, at that point, yeah, it ties in with the confidence. Because I guess like if, if you are, I don't know, you, you've been imagining all your life, it's, you know, you're against sort of Tiger Woods, it's like a putt to win the Masters. And you've, you've been seeing this, you've been feeling it, believing it since, you know, you were like 10 years old, I guess when you're on the, you know, the main stage, if you ever made it there, then I guess you're, you're ready. You're, you've, you know, you, t- you turn up and you're, you're, you're ready for that moment because you've been living this and you've been replaying this time and time and time again for years and years. Absolutely. You close your eyes and you're right back in your bedroom where you were. All the outside distractions and external noise is, is, is gone away. And it's like you've been there a thousand times. I love it. One of the things was to ask somebody to write down six things that they admire and compliments about you, and then you do the same for them, and then maybe you write down three of your own. What, 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 what's that exercise? Well, it's sometimes what we forget is that we can't, like a, a lot of people who don't have confidence in themselves, they can't find the things they're good at, hmm. right? And this is where 
you know, there's a piece I say, get away from the people who will tear you down. Also, go around the people who support you, who believe in you. And when you can't, like, I'm no good at anything. I'm like, I'm not good at this. <laughs> Best friend. And let them write those things down and help it trigger you and get you started towards creating your list. And when you have those six things or five things or three things, you're then able to use those as a springboard to write your self-confidence letter. I can't tell you how many times I go to conferences and people can't find. I say, write five things you don't like about yourselves. And they've, they've done that in 10 seconds. All right, fi- fi- write five things you like about yourselves. And it's minutes before that's done. And then what would you say a fulfilled life means to you? Well, for me, again, I've got many roles, right? I've got my work role. I've got my dad role. I've got my husband role. And I've got my me role. To me, there's, there's a common thread that weaves through all of those, right? And that's I'm an educator first and foremost. I want to be a person who creates value in the world, right? And that's not about you know, making a business or creating revenue or making a product. It means that I've touched somebody who's, created a tran- who's, who's ended up having a transformational life experience. And whether that's through raising my kids who are better citizens or being a good husband or being an educator here, not building winning teams, but making people who are good citizens, that's a fulfilled life for me. And what do you say is one thing all our listeners can do today that will have a massive positive effect on their lives? Well, for me, the one th- most important thing was I started having my affirmations, right? I started talking to my, my, myself because that changed the way I felt about myself. I can learn anything. I can do this. I got this. Start every day with your three affirmations. That's great. And which book would you say has had the biggest impact on your life? You know what? Believe it or not, it's, uh, it's a book called Golf is Not a Game of Perfect. That's the first time I recognized by Dr. Bob Rotella. It got me started in this field of sports psychology. Um, that was my introduction about the way the brain and the mind can influence your actions. And it led me down this field of studying and taking this route as my PhD, which has then, you know, snowballed into all of these different opportunities to say, here's what the mind can really do. Love it. And last but not least, last but not least how can people stay in touch? Where, we, where can we send them, find out more about you and your work? You know what? You can follow me at uh, uh, Dr. Ivan Joseph uh, on Twitter. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm at Ryerson.ca is my university spot, and I've always got a Huffington Post floating around. So look forward to uh, connecting with you via the Twitter world. Ivan, thank you so much for speaking to me today. It's been, yeah, I, I watched your TED Talk a while ago, and I mean, like, you immediately went on my list. I've got a little Excel spreadsheet, and I was like, I can't wait to talk to him. So thank you for saying yes, and um, thank, you for, yeah, thank you for speaking to me today. I really appreciate it. My pleasure, Duncan. Thank you for having me.